Simplified. And you've been listening and are listening to WMNF Tampa, WMNF 88.5 FM, best station in the nation. And our hearts go out to everyone in Buffalo. Not as dreaming with you. Even though I was wide awake I saw so many things then Beyond what you'd imagine I dreamt that there was no need For gain or pain or measure For both of us to give in An effortless forever And it doesn't cost a penny to dream and nothing more And while our eyes are open, how good it is to dream And it doesn't cost you anything but time So what to do with all this? So unresolved like always In places that are gonna leave no traces. If I could just stop thinking and pull myself together, then you would surely find me immersed in you forever. And it doesn't cost a penny to dream and nothing more And while our eyes open, how good it is to dream And it doesn't cost you anything but time song is poached (laughs) poached completely stolen from latin x good afternoon my name is joellen shilke i am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest and i'm delighted that you are listening to art in your ear today on wmnf and latin x is a show that we have on wednesday nights at 10 a.m and it is a fantastic show especially if you are someone who likes discovering new music and uh Isha um, does it, and I love that show. And I stole that right from her. So thank you, 
Isha for that. Thanks for tuning in to Art in Your Ear today. On today's show, it's really just kind of you and me. I had some stuff that I wanted to play for you. Um, not that I think that I'm this like bellwether to everything going on, but I know what I want to listen to today, and I hope that it works for you today. I needed things that sort of touched me um, I needed, that's what I needed. So we are going to be listening to that. We're going to be listening in just a minute or so, a few minutes, two minutes, three minutes, <laughs> to Annie Lamont. We have some Sarah Kay uh, in the in the mix, some Joshua Prager, Hamish Hawk, Intronaut, and then uh, we'll have Lars Vidal and have them will travel and all sorts of stuff. So this is a local band, well, Florida band, Sophie Tucker, covering what a wonderful world. I hope you like it. Thank you for listening. Trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. Membership Drive is from 9 a.m. to midnight on Tuesday, June 7th through Monday, June 14th. We are seeking food donors to help feed our hungry and grateful volunteers. Restaurants, caterers, or chefs can find out more about donating drinks, 
snacks, or individually packaged meals by calling me at 813-238-8001 or email M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E at W-M-N-F dot O-R-G. Thanks. My seven-year-old grandson sleeps just down the hall from me, and he wakes up a lot of mornings, and he says, you know, this could be the best day ever. And other times, in the middle of the night, he calls out in a tremulous voice, Nana, will you ever get sick and die? I think this pretty much says it for me and most of the people I know, that we're a mixed grill of happy anticipation and dread. So I sat down a few days before my 61st birthday, and I decided to compile a list of everything I know for sure. There's so little truth in the popular culture, and it's good to be sure of a few things. For instance, I am no longer 47. Although this is the age I feel and the age I like to think of myself as being, My friend Paul used to say in his late 70s that he felt like a young man with something really wrong with him. (laughs) Our true person is outside of time and space, but looking at the paperwork, I can in fact see that I was born in 1954. My inside self is outside of time and space. It doesn't have an age. I'm every age I've ever been, and so are you. Although I can't help mentioning as an aside that it might have been helpful if I hadn't followed the skincare rules of the 60s, which involved getting as much sun as possible while slathered in baby oil and basking in the glow of a tinfoil reflector shield. It was so liberating, though, to face the truth that I was no longer in the last throes of middle age that I decided to write down every single true thing I know. People feel really doomed and overwhelmed these days, and they keep asking me what's true. So I hope that my list of things I'm almost positive about might offer some basic operating instructions to anyone who's feeling really overwhelmed or beleaguered. Number one, the first and truest thing is that all truth is a paradox. Life is both a precious, unfathomably beautiful gift, and it's impossible here on the incarnational side of things. It's been a very bad match for those of us who were born extremely sensitive. It's so hard and weird that we sometimes wonder if we're being punked. It's filled simultaneously with heartbreaking sweetness and beauty, desperate poverty, floods and babies and acne and Mozart, all swirled together. I don't think it's an ideal system. (laughs) Number two, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes. including you. (laughs) Three, there is almost nothing outside of you that will help in any kind of lasting way unless you're waiting for an organ. You can't buy, achieve, or date serenity and peace of mind. This is the most horrible truth, and I so resent it. But it's an inside job. 
And we can't arrange peace or lasting improvement for the people we love most in the world. They have to find their own ways, their own answers. You can't run alongside your grown children with sunscreen and chapstick on their hero's journey. You have to release them. It's disrespectful not to. And if it's someone else's problem, you probably don't have the answer anyway. Our help is usually not very helpful. Our help is often toxic. And help is the sunny side of control. Stop helping so much. Don't get your help and goodness all over everybody. <laughs> This brings us to number four. Everyone is screwed up, broken, clingy, and scared, even the people who seem to have it most together. They are much more like you than you would believe, so try not to compare your insides to other people's outsides. It will only make you worse than you already are. <laughs> also, you can't save, fix, or rescue any of them or get anyone sober. What helped me get clean and sober 30 years ago was the catastrophe of my behavior and thinking. So I asked some sober friends for help, and I turned to a higher power. One acronym for God is the gift of desperation, G-O-D. Or as a sober friend put it, by the end I was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards. <laughs> So God might mean, in this case, me running out of any more good ideas. While fixing and saving and trying to rescue is futile, radical self-care is quantum, and it radiates out from you into the atmosphere like a little fresh air. It's a huge gift to the world. When people respond by saying, well, isn't she full of herself? Just smile obliquely like Mona Lisa and make both of you a nice cup of tea. <laughs> Being full of affection for one's goofy, self-centered, cranky, annoying self is home. It's where world peace begins. Number five. Chocolate with 75% cacao is not actually a food. <laughs> Its best use is as a bait in snake traps or to balance the legs of wobbly chairs. It was never meant to be considered inedible. Number six. Writing. Every writer you know writes really terrible first drafts, but they keep their butt in the chair. That's the secret of life. That's probably the main difference between you and them. They just do it. They do it by prearrangement with themselves. They do it as a debt of honor. They tell stories that come through them, one day at a time, little by little. When my older brother was in fourth grade, he had a report, a term paper on birds due the next day, and yeah, he hadn't started. So my dad sat down with him with an Audubon book, paper, pencils, and brads, for those of you who have gotten a little less young and remember brads. And he said to my brother, just take it bird by bird, buddy. 
Just read about pelicans and then write about pelicans in your own voice. And then find out about chickadees and tell us about them in your own voice. And then geese. So the two most important things about writing are bird by bird and really god-awful first drafts. If you don't know where to start, remember that every single thing that happened to you is yours and you get to tell it. If people wanted you to write more warmly about them, they should have behaved better. <laughs> You're going to feel like hell if you wake up someday and you never wrote the stuff that is tugging on the sleeves of your heart, your stories, memories, visions, and songs, your truth, your version of things in your own voice. That's really all you have to offer us. And that's also why you were born. Seven, publication and temporary creative successes are something you have to recover from. They kill as many people as not. They will hurt, damage, and change you in ways you cannot imagine. The most degraded and evil people I've ever known are male writers who've had huge bestsellers. And yet, returning to number one, that all truth is paradox, it's also a miracle to get your work published, to get your stories read and heard. Just try to bust yourself gently of the fantasy that publication will heal you, that it will fill the Swiss cheesy holes inside of you. It can't. It won't. But writing can. So can singing in a choir or a bluegrass band. So can painting community murals or birding or fostering old dogs that no one else will. Number eight, families. Families are hard, hard, hard. No matter how cherished and astonishing they may also be. Again, see number one. <laughs> At family gatherings where you suddenly feel homicidal or suicidal, Remember that in all cases, it's a miracle that any of us were specifically were conceived and born. Earth is forgiveness school. It begins with forgiving yourself. And then you might as well start at the dinner table. That way you can do this work in comfortable pants. <laughs> When William Blake said that we are here to learn to endure the beams of love, He knew that your family would be an intimate part of this, even as you want to run screaming for your cute little life. But I promise you are up to it. You can do it, Cinderella. You can do it. And you will be amazed. Nine, food. Try to do a little better. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> Number 10, <laughs> grace. Grace is spiritual WD-40, or water wings. The mystery of grace is that God loves Henry Kissinger and Vladimir Putin and me exactly as much as he or she loves your new grandchild. Go figure. <laughs> The movement of grace is what changes us, heals us, and heals our world. To summon grace, say, help, and then buckle up. 
Grace finds you exactly where you are, but it doesn't leave you where it found you. And Grace won't look like Casper the friendly ghost, regrettably. But the phone will ring or the mail will come, and then against all odds, you'll get your sense of humor about yourself back. Laughter really is carbonated holiness. It helps us breathe again and again and gives us back to ourselves. And this gives us faith in life and each other. And remember, grace always bats last. Eleven. God just means goodness. It's really not all that scary. It means the divine or a loving, animating intelligence. Or as we learn from the great deteriorata, the cosmic muffin. A good name for God is not me. <laughs> Emerson said that the happiest person on earth is the one who learns from nature the lessons of worship. So go outside a lot and look up. My pastor said you can trap bees on the bottom of mason jars without lids because they don't look up. So they just walk around bitterly bumping into the glass walls. Go outside, look up. Secret of life. And finally, death. Number 12. Wow and yikes. It's so hard to bear when the few people you cannot live without die. You'll never get over these losses, and no matter what the culture says, you're not supposed to. We Christians like to think of death as a, as a major change of address. But in any case, the person will live again fully in your heart if you don't seal it off. Like Leonard Cohen said, there are cracks in everything, and that's how the light gets in, and that's how we feel our people again fully alive. Also, the people will make you laugh out loud at the most inconvenient times, and that's the great good news. But their absence will also be a lifelong nightmare of homesickness for you. Grief and friends, time and tears will heal you to some extent. Tears will bathe and baptize and hydrate and moisturize you in the ground on which you walk. Do you know the first thing that God says to Moses? He says, take off your shoes. Because this is holy ground, all evidence to the contrary. It's hard to believe, but it's the truest thing I know. When you're a little bit older, like my tiny personal self, you realize that death is as sacred as birth. And don't worry, get on with your life. Almost every single death is easy and gentle with the very best people surrounding you. For as long as you need, you won't be alone. They'll help you cross over to whatever awaits us. As Ramdas said, when all is said and done, we're really just all walking each other home. I think that's it. But if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. Thank you. The lies you've told No one down seems to 
to be on the level Since I found that my angel was just a dog known as the devil Why does I love you, huh? Why did you teach me how? After you broke each vow, how can you face me now? Society will celebrate their 25th anniversary this year. WMNF is joining in the fun. On Friday, May 20th, WMNF and the Suncoast Blue Society team up to bring the Jimmies to Skipper Smokehouse for this milestone event. For tickets, go to WMNF.org. Plan on having fun. There's that tonight at Skipper's, Suncoast Blue Society and WMNF Party. And then tomorrow, of course, there's Have Gun Will Travel's End of the World Festival. And we've got a couple songs coming up from artists involved with that. But first, um, I want to let you know that was Anne Lamott that was uh, doing 12 Truths I Learned from Life and Writing. Love that so much and needed to hear it, needed to play it for everybody. Hey, if you want to get in touch, you can email dj at wmnf.org or send a text, 813-433-0885. Put your name with it. I can say hello. I can say hello to Trisha right now. So um, so thank you for being out there and writing in. Right now I've got something. One of my favorite poets. I love her. I've seen her a bunch of times. I think she's so, um, she's just so smart. And she, you never know when she's talking and then she kind of segues into poetry. Is a woman named Sarah Kay. And longtime listeners will know that she uh, has been on the show a couple of times. And she has this piece and it's called A Bird Made of Birds. I have a friend 
named Kava Akbar, who's a fellow poet. And Kava found this photo online of the anatomical heart of a blue whale that scientists had hung on a hook from the ceiling, which is how they were able to observe that the heart of a blue whale is big enough that a person can stand up fully inside of it. And when Kava shared this photo online, he did so with the caption, "This is another reminder that the universe has already written the poem you were planning on writing." And when I first saw that, I was horrified. I was like, "Come on, man! I'm trying to invent new metaphors. I'm trying to discover beauty that hasn't been discovered yet. What do you mean the universe is always going to get there before me?" And I know this isn't. A uniquely poet problem, but on days when the world feels especially big, or especially impossible, or especially full of grandeur, those are the days when I feel: What do I possibly have to contribute to all of this? Not long ago, I saw this video that some of you may have seen. It makes the internet rounds every couple of months. There are these birds that are called starlings. And they fly in what's called a murmuration, which is generally just a big cloud of birds. And someone happened to catch a quick video on their phone of these starlings flying. And at first, it's just a amorphous blob. And then there's a moment where the birds shift, and they form the shape of a starling in the sky. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "The universe has already written the poem you were planning on writing." <laughs> Except for the first time, it didn't fill me with despair. Instead, I thought, "Okay, maybe it's not my job to invent something new. Maybe instead, it's my job to listen to what the universe is showing me and to keep myself open to what the universe offers." So that when it's my turn, I can hold something to the light, just for a moment, just for as long as I have. The universe has already written the poem that you were planning on writing, and this is why you can do nothing but point at the flock of starlings whose bodies rise and fall. In inherited choreography, swarming the sky in a sweeping curtain that, for one blistering moment, forms the unmistakable shape of a giant bird flapping against the sky. It is why your mouth forms an "O" that is not a gasp, but rather the beginning of "O,"、oh, of course, as in. Of course, the heart of a blue whale is as large as a house, with chambers tall enough to fit a person standing. Of course, a fig becomes possible when a lady wasp lays her eggs inside a flower, dies, and decomposes. The fruit evidence of her transformation. Sometimes the poem is so bright. Your silly language will not stick to it. Sometimes the poem is so true, nobody will believe you. I am a bird made 
of birds. This blue heart, a house you can stand up inside of. I am dying here, inside this flower. It is okay. It is what I was put here to do. Take this fruit. It is what I have to offer. It may not be first or ever best, but it is the only way to be sure that I lived it all. Lars Vidal. Gosh, I just love his music. He's going to be at Have Gun Will Travel's End of the World Festival tomorrow at Skipper's Smokehouse. And then, of course, tonight is the Jimmy's for WMNF and Suncoast Blues Society. Hey, the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts is having a yard sale. It's having a photographic equipment yard sale, to be very specific, this Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. in downtown Tampa, 
Um, all the members can sell their stuff, plus they've got stuff. If you are looking for, I'm thinking about this because I really want to get a, um, a lens for my camera. Uh, so if you are thinking about you need photographic equipment or you want to see what's going on, you can go to the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts Sunday afternoon between 2 and 4. They are located at 400 North Ashley Drive. And it's that big cube building. It's a beautiful building right by uh, the park along the water there. Also going on this weekend, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, this weekend. Let me see if I can do this correctly. I managed to close out the screens that I was looking at. Oh, boy. But I know that the um, Freefall Theater... Where are you, Freefall Theater? Freefall Theater has a, a spooky... And exciting. Actually, sounds a really cool show. It's called A Skeptic and a Bruja. Bruja. Uh, and it's about a, uh, a woman, Priscilla, buys a home in the middle of nowhere with hopes of turning into a lucrative bed and breakfast. But then there's paranormal experiences. So, uh, so the show, so she uses a ghost hunting show, A Skeptic and a Bruja, to help her. This is presented in uh, co- cooperation with Urbanite Theater, and that opens this weekend at Free. Fall Theater Company. You can go online to Free Fall Theater, and that's spelled T-R-E, freefalltheater.com, and uh, get more information about that. Also, in Sarasota, there's a really interesting art show that opens up tonight at Spaces. Spaces is spelled with two A's. It's S-P-A-A-C-E-S, Spaces, uh, and uh, it is with artist excuse me, about that. Um, it's with artist Crystal Lemonias, and uh, she does a performance at 6.30. The reception is from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, it's really beautiful work. Uh, the work explores personal and political intersections of power. Uh, so, of course, that is fantastic. Spaces is located at 2087 Princeton Street in Sarasota, and uh, you can go online to Spaces Art. It's S-P-A-A-C-E-S dot art and get more information. All of this will be posted on the Art In Your Ear Facebook page when I get off the air. What else? Oh, I want to play, a, uh, I want to play another promo for you because that's how I roll in this dirty town. WMNF presents a tribute to John Fogarty and Creedence Clearwater Revival at Skipper's Smokehouse Saturday, May 28th. Creedence Clearwater Revival was the biggest band in America. In 1969 and 70, they outsold the Beatles. Now you can relive the music. 12 bands will cover 40 songs. For tickets and more info, call 813-238-8001 or go to WMNF.org. All right, so that sounds like a lot of fun. And that's next week for WMNF. I want to say hi to David Bryant, a.k.a. White Pepper, one of the people that put the uh, uh, Dasol Kitchen on tonight from 8 to 10. Great show. All sorts of um, music, R&B, soul, hip-hop, rock, jazz, pop. You never know what you're going to hear. It's quite wonderful. I also want to say hi to Greg. Greg, thank you for listening. And uh, Lacey, uh, again, that was Anne Lamott, Anne Lamott. And we will uh, put that up on our Facebook page, on um, our Art in Your Ear Facebook page, so everyone can get the link. Coming up next, and I get, went back and forth about the next speaker. This uh, gentleman 
is named Joshua Prager. He's a writer and it's another wisdom thing. I guess I'm seeking wisdom today and I hope you are as well. Joshua Prager writes about how all the different ages are shown within the writers uh, and they're all in books and we can sort of learn a lot from reading the books. So here we go, Joshua Prager, wisdom from great writers on every year of life here on WMNF. I'm turning 44 next month and I have the sense that 44 is going to be a very good year, a year of fulfillment, realization. I have that sense, not because of anything particular in store for me, but because I read it would be a good year in the 1968 book by Norman Mailer. He felt his own age, 44, wrote Mailer in the armies of the night, felt as if he were a solid embodiment of bone, muscle, heart, mind, and sentiment, to be a man, as if he had arrived. Yes, I know Mailer wasn't writing about me, but I also know that he was. For all of us, you, me, the subject of his book, age more or less in step, proceed from birth along the same great sequence, through the wonders and confinements of childhood, the emancipations and frustrations of adolescence, the empowerments and millstones of adulthood, the recognitions and resignations of old age. There are patterns to life, and they are shared. As Thomas Mann wrote, it will happen to me as to them. We don't simply live these patterns. We record them, too. We write them down in books where they become narratives that we can then read and recognize. Books tell us who we've been, who we are, who we will be, too. So they have for millennia. As James Salter wrote, life passes into pages if it passes into anything. And so six years ago, a thought leapt to mind. If life passed into pages, there were somewhere passages written about every age. If I could find them, I could assemble them into a narrative. I could assemble them into a life, a long life, a hundred-year life, the entirety of that same great sequence through which the luckiest among us pass. I was then 37 years old, an age of discretion, wrote William Trevor. I was prone to meditating on time and age. An illness in the family and later an injury to me had long made clear that growing old could not be assumed. And besides, growing old only postponed the inevitable, time seeing through what circumstance did not. It was all a bit disheartening. A list, though, would last. To chronicle a life year by vulnerable year would be to clasp and to ground what was fleeting, would be to provide myself and others a glimpse into the future, whether we made it there or not. And when I then began to compile my list, I was quickly obsessed, searching pages and pages for ages and ages. Here we were at every annual step through our first hundred years, 27, a time of sudden revelations, 62, of subtle diminishments. I was mindful, of course, that such insights were relative. For starters, we now live longer and so age more slowly. Christopher Isherwood used the phrase, the yellow leaf, to describe a man at 53, only one century after Lord Byron used it to describe himself at 36. 
I was mindful too that life can swing wildly and unpredictably from one year to the next, and that people may experience the same age differently. But even so, as the list coalesced, so too on the page, clear as the reflection in the mirror to the life that I had been living, finding at twenty that one is less and less sure of who one is, emerging at thirty from the wasteland of preparation into active life, learning at forty. To close softly the doors to rooms I would not be coming back to. There I was. Of course, there we all are. Milton Glaser, the great graphic designer, whose beautiful visualizations you see here, and who today is 85, all those years of ripening and an apotheosis, wrote Nabokov, noted to me that like art and like color. Literature helps us to remember what we've experienced, and indeed, when I shared the list with my grandfather, he nodded in recognition. He was then 95 and soon to die, which wrote Roberto Bolano is the same as never dying. And looking back, he said to me that yes, Proust was right that at 22 we are sure we will not die. Just as a thanatologist named Edwin Schneidman was right that at 90 we are sure we will, it had happened to him, as to them. Now the list is done. A hundred years, and looking back over it, I know that I am not done. I still have my life to live. Still have many more pages to pass into. And mindful of Mailer, I await 44. Thank you.
Have gun will travel in the background. I'm so 
grateful to everybody who called in and wrote in. You guys just touched my heart so much. Thank you very, very much for being out there. Uh, E-Love is back. She's in the studio, other studio, getting ready to do her show. So welcome back to her. I hope her adventures were wonderful. Uh, after E-Love with her global electronica show is the live music showcase. Always fun and good. And you can watch it if you are if you go on to Facebook. They uh, live stream it on the live music showcase Facebook if you want to watch the show. Also after that is Reverend Billy and Marvelous Marvin. They have kind of the roots of rock and roll. That does not give you the, the, the depth of how wonderful that show is. It is just a blast to listen to. They know everything there is about music. After Reverend Billy is the Soul Party with classic R&B and Soul uh, from Steve the Hitman and his crew, followed by the Soul Kitchen, which as we mentioned before, just a smorgasbord of different types of rhythm music. Always fun, always charming. And we end our nights here with Flashback Friday. And that is a uh, uh, Florida soul and Florida R&B. So thanks again for listening. My name is Joellen Schilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the most. You have been listening to WMNF Tampa, WMNF all around the world. Thanks for being out there. Stay tuned for the NPR News. We're going to listen to a little Geggy Ta on the way out. Um, it's so nice to know that you're out there. Please listen again next week to community listener-supported, non-commercial, independent radio. Bye now. Okay. Right. Bye. Damn it!